And what's even more shocking is that as few as only 3% of doctors actually talk to their patients about how to reduce stress. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Simply Ayurveda. I am your Ayurvedic coach, Julia, and I am so excited to be bringing you another episode on how we can take better care of our mental health. And this isn't only for Mental Health Awareness Month, but for the long and sustainable future. You may have noticed, or if you follow me on Instagram, I made this announcement, but last week we did not have an episode because I decided, you know what? It's my birthday week. My birthday was on the 11th. And for the past two months, I have had so much work on my plate. I have been working through my weekends, sometimes working 60, 70 hour weeks, Saturday and Sunday. And I was just like, man, I need a break. And don't get me wrong. I absolutely love what I do. And I feel really grateful to even be able to say that. I love writing and recording this podcast. I love creating and sharing content with all of you on social media. I love the freelance work that I do and having my coaching meetings and being able to help others feel their best selves. But in all of that, you know, we can quickly forget that rest is part of the process too. And before we dive into today's episode, I want to quickly talk about this idea of giving ourselves a break because we have gotten to a point in our society, and this is a major societal issue, at least in our Western society, where allowing ourselves to really relax has kind of become like this foreign language. And when you do try to relax, you almost feel guilty for it, as if all the other things are that much more important than your one and only state of well-being. If you follow me on Instagram, last week when I announced that I was taking the week off from recording, I also encouraged my community to take their own version of a break and honor their need for rest. And I actually got so many messages from so many of you actually thanking me for giving them that reminder that they so desperately needed. I even see it with so many of my clients. And interestingly enough, whenever I start a program with a new client, a wellness coaching program, this is really the first thing that we have to work on, is allowing a little space in our lives to breathe and relax. We really can't dive into the wellness aspect of the coaching program until we first put our attention to our nervous system and to the state of our mind because we can't really take care of our body without taking care of our mind. And this is actually, surprisingly, what often turns people off from Ayurveda, because addressing our mental state is not a quick fix. And society loves a quick fix. To achieve harmony of the mind and body, it requires a little bit of effort. But once you set the system and create that standard for your body and mind, Life starts flowing so harmoniously through the mind-body system. So this brings me to today's topic. Today I want to talk about the difference of living in a mindful state versus a mindful state. Are we living mindfully or are we living with a full 
mind. Let's break down the difference between these two very different states of mind. So let's start with living with a full mind. When we live with a full mind, this is a state of mind that is characterized by being lost in a constant stream of thoughts, worries, stress, or distractions. When we live with a full mind, we essentially have a lack of awareness of our present moment. So it's a state of being so mentally preoccupied with multiple things at once, which often results in feelings of stress, anxiety, overwhelm. It can also lead to a lack of productivity and an overall sense of dissatisfaction. But on the other hand, mindfulness is characterized as a non-judgmental awareness of the present moment. So this is a state of being fully present and engaged without distraction or judgment. Living mindfully can also help reduce stress and anxiety. It can improve cognitive function and enhance our overall well-being, all because our mind is able to focus on the present moment. So one of the key differences between being mindful versus having a full mind is really the level of awareness and presence. But this does play a major impact on our mental and physical health. Because when we live with a full mind, this is associated with increased levels of stress, anxiety, depression, it decreases our cognitive function, and decreases our productivity. But when we learn to live more mindfully, mindfulness has actually been shown to reduce stress and anxiety improve our cognitive function, and enhance our overall well-being. So it's really black and white when it comes to living mindfully and living with a full mind. Unfortunately, most of us live in a full-minded state almost every day. So many of us have become so used to living in our thoughts. For some, it's a coping mechanism. For some, it's because they overload their schedule and their to-do lists. And for some, it's a mental escape. There are so many reasons and causes as to why we choose to spend so much time in our heads. And over time, it becomes all that we're used to. We forget how to practice fully being present in the moment. And I mean, probably as you're listening to this, some of you are probably thinking about a conversation you had two hours ago, or an assignment that's due next week, or a meeting with your boss later this afternoon. Are you really being present with this episode? When you're driving in a car or traveling by plane, are you actually paying attention to what's around you? Or are you just thinking about getting from point A to point B and completely missing all of the beautiful moments in between which make up the present moment? And you know, practicing mindfulness is nothing new. It's an ancient year old practice but there has been continuously more and more research on the benefits of being mindful. There are new studies being done at Harvard that show that stress-related health problems are responsible for up to 80% of visits to the doctor. And I want to say that again. 80% of doctor visits are due to stress-related health problems, and that these stress-related health problems account for the third highest healthcare expenditure, and that's behind heart disease and cancer. 
And what's even more shocking is that as few as only 3% of doctors actually talk to their patients about how to reduce stress. That right there is probably the biggest flaw in Western medicine, that there is not enough attention on the mind-body connection. It's the reason why I opted out of med school and college, and it's the reason I'm studying Ayurveda today. Only 3% of doctors talk to their patients about how to reduce stress when 80% of those doctor visits are due to stress-related health problems. Let that sink in. Why we don't give this more attention in the Western world? I mean, we can list off a thousand reasons why. But we can all agree that it's a given. Our mind produces millions of thoughts and feelings each day. And we all know how easy it is for us to identify with them or attach to them or react to them in some sort of way. Have you ever been on the train or on the bus and you get so lost in a train of thought that you miss your stop? Or maybe you're stopped at a red light on your way to work and you're thinking about everything that's on your to-do list for that day until you hear all the cars honking behind you because the light turned green five minutes ago. When we attach ourselves to these ever-flowing thoughts or feelings, it drifts our focus away from our present moment. Now, if you're not driving or doing something dangerous, I want us to try this exercise together. And let's just take a few seconds to close our eyes. And I want you to try to only focus on your breath. Deep belly inhale. And a nice, slow and steady exhale. Stay here for just a minute, repeating this breath and just focusing on your breath. Deep belly inhale, slow and steady exhale. When a thought comes, imagine that thought or feeling as something that is just passing you by on the sidewalk. Aware, but not attached. Deep belly inhale, slow and steady exhale. Deep belly inhale, slow and steady exhale. Be aware of what's crossing your mind without any analysis or judgment and simply label it as thinking. And if it's a feeling that's coming through, which can manifest as a physical sensation like an itch, acknowledge it as well without any judgment or analysis, aware but not attached, and just label it as feelings. Deep breath in, slow steady exhale out. If you feel yourself starting to attach to one of those thoughts or feelings, just come back to your grounding breath. Deep belly inhale, slow steady exhale. Now slowly begin to open your eyes. Now, how did that feel to focus only on one thing? How did it feel for you to be aware of your thoughts, just coming and going, aware but not attached? That exercise we just did, 
That took about a minute long. It took just 60 seconds to slow your mind down and realize how fast and distracted the mind can operate in. Mindfulness is actually scientifically proven to be beneficial to us with instances like reducing stress and anxiety, reducing distractions, boosting focus. And since stress and anxiety take such a toll on our health and make up for 80% of doctor visits, practicing mindfulness has such a major impact on improving our overall well-being. And what's really sneaky about stress is that you can't see it or touch it, but you can feel its effects on your mind and body. Dr. Anne Fibony at Harvard Women's Health says that in the short term, stress quickens your heart rate, shortens your breath, and increases your blood pressure. When you're constantly under stress, your adrenal glands overproduce the hormone cortisol. And overexposure to this hormone can affect the function of your brain, your immune system, and other major organs. Chronic stress can contribute to headaches, anxiety, depression, heart disease, and even premature death. Now, not everyone may be able to eradicate the root cause of their stress because everyone reacts to stress differently. It could be work life, it could be family life, but whatever the root of your stress is, you can still greatly minimize the effects that it has on your body. This podcast is all about learning how to put your health back into your own hands, so I'm going to give you some tips and tricks as to how you can practice more mindfulness in your day-to-day. Tip number one. We just did it together. Focus on your breath. It only takes a minute. Deep belly breath in, slow, steady exhale out. For a society that loves a quick fix, this is your quick fix. The second you put your attention on your breath, you can literally feel how everything shifts and slows down. It's an instant hack into your nervous system, and that to me is pretty awesome. Once you're able to bring your focus to your breath, then you can start to experiment with different breathing exercises known as pranayama. But if you're new to breath work, then I definitely recommend just starting with your deep belly inhales and your slow, steady exhales. This brings me to tip number two. Bringing your attention to your breath and practicing pranayama goes hand in hand with meditation. The more you practice bringing your focus to your breath, the easier you will find meditation to be. There was a study done in the Journal of the American Medical Association that found that meditation was helpful for relieving anxiety and pain and that daily meditation was even about as effective as an antidepressant. It's also extremely effective in reducing high blood pressure. I made a video on this a while back, but meditating is the best way to go from a mind-full state to raising your mindfulness. And so often from my friends and clients, I hear them say that they can't meditate because they can't stop or control their thoughts from getting in the way. 
And this is actually a huge misconception about meditating, that it's about stopping or controlling the mind. And this is impossible because it's the mind's nature to produce movement and thoughts. It's as if trying to tell the ocean to stop its waves from crashing into the shore. It's impossible. But what you can do is you can acknowledge the thoughts without being attached to them. And you do that by creating space. You can become an observer of the waves without letting the waves crash into you. If you are new to meditation, meditation may sound really daunting. And trust me, I have been there. Fortunately, these days, there are so many apps and meditations that you can find on Spotify or YouTube specifically made for beginners. And once you give it a try, you will start to understand the importance around it. Just like any other practice, regular and long-term meditation produces these neuroplastic effects, meaning it rewires your brain by making new neural connections. This not only makes meditation easier with time, but it also makes it easier for you to transfer the skills of mindfulness into your daily life. Moving on to tip number three, utilize herbs and essential oils. Our sense of smell is very closely connected to the limbic system of our brain. This area of our brain is responsible for our emotions, our memories, and our behaviors. And so this also means that certain scents can have a direct impact on our mood and our emotions. So when we bring our focus onto a specific scent, we can actually train our mind to hone in on the present, which, as we know now, is a key aspect of practicing mindfulness. Essential oils are super easy to take on the go, keep them at your desk, in the car, in your bag, and two really effective oils that you can find just about anywhere are lavender and sandalwood. Lavender is known for its very calming properties, helps to slow down all of that mental chatter and get you into a relaxed state of mind. And sandalwood is a very cooling and grounding essential oil. And so this one is especially great for soothing pitta dosha, which is the energy principle that can lead us feeling excess stress or heat in the body. And then there's an herb that's gotten a lot of mainstream attention over the years. You've probably heard it before, and it's ashwagandha. Ashwagandha is an adaptogenic herb that is known for its ability to reduce stress and anxiety. Because it's really through calming our mind that we are able to increase our mindfulness. You can't be mindful when your mind is too full. Tip number four. Be mindful when you eat. Think back for a moment to how your ancestors would prepare for a meal. Whether that's your grandparents, your great-great-grandparents. They would prepare their food with their own hands, and then they would sit down and either eat as a family or be present with the meal that they just prepared. They didn't have smartphones. They didn't have televisions. Nowadays in our society, it's a miracle to even make time for a decent meal. When I was living in Italy, that's a culture that puts so much emphasis on proper mealtime, on just taking a minute to remove distractions and sit down and be present, even if it's just for a cappuccino in the morning. 
You don't take your coffee to go like you do in this world. You sit down, you enjoy that cappuccino like it's the last cappuccino you're going to have, and then you go about your day. Eating a meal takes only about 10 to 15 minutes. Scientifically, our brains cannot multitask. So if we're watching TV or scrolling on our phone while we're eating, we are not capable of fully digesting what we're eating because our stomach is trying to digest and our mind is trying to digest whatever we're seeing on our phone or TV. This is oftentimes what leads to bloating and discomfort after a meal. So next time you eat, I want you to practice putting your phone to the side, take a deep breath, and just enjoy and be present with your healthy and delicious food. Now, this last tip I'm going to share is something that you can do when you're on the go, in between meetings, or for when you just don't have the chance to sit down to meditate, do a breathing exercise, or grab your oils. And that is to do a body scan. Traditionally, this is done lying down, but you can also do this during your day-to-day. And the goal of a body scan is to bring your awareness to different parts of your body as you move throughout your day. Notice how your feet feel when you walk, the sensation of your hands on a steering wheel or on your computer, the way your body feels sitting in a chair. What do you hear? What do you see? What are you feeling at the moment, tasting or smelling? And the reason this works is because body awareness is the ability to be present and mindful of your body and its sensations. And this is without judgment or analysis. It involves paying attention to the physical sensations in your body, such as tension, relaxation, warmth, coolness, discomfort. Because when you practice body awareness, you start to become more attuned to your body's signals and then you can respond to them in a more intentional and compassionate way. To give you an example, let's say you notice tension or discomfort in an area of your body like your neck and shoulders. The response would be to take a break from whatever you're doing, stretch to release that tension, maybe book a massage or a yoga class. And then another example would be, let's say you experience feelings of relaxation or calmness. Then maybe you slow down for a moment and you really savor in that sensation so that you can cultivate more of it. It's through this body awareness that helps you develop a better relationship with your mind and body. Because paying attention to your body's signals and then responding to those signals in a compassionate way is how we are able to reduce the stress and tension buildup. It's how we strengthen our mind-body connection. It's how we increase our mindfulness and how we improve our overall physical and emotional well-being. I said this in the beginning, but in order to really see change in your health and wellness, it requires a little bit of work. It requires 1%, just 1% of you showing up for yourself each day. Sure, we can put the blame on our society and our system for not teaching us these things and how to take care of our own health. But we have to stop making excuses and we have to stop playing the blame game because you can play that game forever and it's not going to make you healthier. Real change starts on an individual level. Learn how to put your health back into your own hands. 
and then let that wisdom become a ripple effect into society. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, and watch what happens. That's how change happens. And to do that, one of the first steps is practicing how to be more mindful and present. Mind care is life care. And I just gave you five really great tips that you can implement to help raise your mindfulness. Maybe one resonated more than the others. Start there. Start with your 1% and know that I'm here to help guide you along the way. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful and insightful. Be sure to share this episode with someone who needs it. And let's continue to share and spread the beautiful life science of Ayurveda so that we can eventually see a real change on a societal level. One little disclaimer before we wrap up. Please know that this podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a physician, psychotherapist, or other qualified professional. As always, thank you all so much for being here. And until next time, I will talk to you next Tuesday.